Everybody has their favorite riding to watch to indicate what they think is going to happen in the federal election. For example, Peterborough has been a bellwether for six decades. Will the liberals be able to hold on to it this time? For me, I was born and raised in Burlington, Ontario. I got my eyes squarely on Burlington. And what happens in Burlington, I think, I think might be able to tell us what's going to happen in the country. We're going to dig into that. But my next guest has got his eye on a different riding in the GTA. And I am so pleased to welcome to the program the host of The Agenda on TVO, Steve Pakin. Welcome, Steve. Alan, it's great to be with you. Can I interest you in a radio program? Well, well thank you very much. Yes, uh, at all times. Always great to have you. And talk. Why are you looking at Aurora, Oak Ridge's Richmond Hill? I think it's got a little of everything. It's It's got uh, a great, first and foremost, a liberal conservative fight. This is a riding that has been decided by about 1,000 votes the last two elections. You've got a very strong People's Party presence there right now. And I do wonder whether those are new voters who are coming out to vote for the first time because they are so disillusioned and disenchanted with the other mainline parties, or whether this is a pretty much a straight steal from conservative voters, in which case the conservative candidate there, Leona Alislev, has got to be plenty concerned. But it's also got the added drama of two strong female candidates, one of whom, again, Alislev of the conservatives, was originally elected as a liberal, and after three years crossed the floor and said some awfully nasty things about Justin Trudeau after she did so. So it's, how do I put this? What, what do they say on Facebook when you ask if you're in a relationship and you say it's complicated? <laughs> well, yeah, this one's complicated. And, and it does have that interesting uh, floor crossing angle because generally floor crossers tend not to do all that well in the follow-up election because a lot of voters, you know, they get upset. Wait a minute, I sent you to Ottawa under this banner and now you're that banner. Well, and it was particularly complicated for Leona Alislev because – not only did she cross from the Liberals to the Conservatives, but then the then leader, Andrew Scheer, almost immediately installed her as the deputy leader of the party. In a way, he was trying to show the Liberals, look, I've got this great new trophy that I'm going to rub in your face every day. Uh, but on the other hand, you can imagine that there would have been a lot of conservative backbenchers in that caucus who thought to themselves, wait a second, I've been doing loyal work for this party for years, if not decades. And here's somebody who's been a, you know, a conservative for five minutes and she shoots to the top of the class already. That, uh, so it was controversial. That was problematic. But but let's give her her due. I mean, you're absolutely right. There are very few people who get elected in one party, cross the floor, run for reelection in their new party and get reelected. That doesn't happen very often. But it did for her. But again, only by a thousand votes. So this one's definitely going to be tight on Election Day. If all, you know, if the current polls are accurate, this one you would expect to be very tight on Election Day. Yeah, the polls are suggesting that it is going to be extraordinarily tight. And once again, we, you know, face the prospect of the 905 deciding which way the country is going to go. If the 905 vote rich 905 tilts solidly blue, I don't know if the liberals can hold on. But if there are vote splitting or strategic voting, I, a couple of the writings I'm keeping my eye on, and I mentioned Burlington, we got a uh, incumbent minister there and Karina Gold, but that has long been a conservative stronghold, went liberal in 2015, again in 2019. That's, I got my eye on that. Of course, that, that may be, of course, Steve, because that's where I grew up. Indeed, indeed. But uh, again, I'm going to agree with you. We're in screaming agreement on a couple of things here, and, and that is that there are... 
there are a lot. Let's be honest. You know, I think media try to create drama sometimes where it doesn't exist. And and the fact is, <laughs> no. there are plenty of writing. Yes, I'm sorry to break the news to you, Alan, but <laughs> there are plenty of writings in this country where you know you can mail it in on election day. You know how they're going to go because they are always voting a particular way. You know, um, not the case I think for the writings that we've been talking about because they are in play. And they are very much – I don't know what it is, actually. I'd love some more study on this. The 905 ridings, and if you take those ridings all the way from Oshawa in the east and wrap around the western tip of Lake Ontario and come underneath all the way over to Fort Erie, um, there's something about the values of the people who live in those kind of suburban ridings that, that are not exactly cities but not exactly rural. They're somewhere in between. And, and you know, n- nice houses and – you know, very much family dwellings and not too many tenants and and no party can guarantee their loyalty. And that's why, as you point out, they often decide elections because they will flip back and forth, mostly between liberals and conservatives uh, and aren't loyal to any particular party. Whatever party has something on offer that they think speaks to them, they do tend to vote in a wave. And I know we're talking federal here, but you will well remember back in 1995 provincially, every single one of the ridings in the 905 uh, and by that, I'm now I'm talking north of Lake Ontario. So Halton, Peel, Durham, York regions, they all voted for Mike Harris. They all, every single riding voted conservative. And again in 99. And then in 2003, they all voted for McGinty, right? Mm-hmm. And, and for the liberals. So they do switch. There's no loyalty there. They do switch around a lot. And yes, so I'll definitely be keeping an eye on election night on those 905 ridings to see who they feel comfortable with this time around. It, you can almost... You can sort of see as you peer into the uh, conservative platform and you read through it and the positioning from Aaron O'Toole, I mean, he knows this clearly, and he is clearly courting that sort of what I sometimes call the mushy middle, that move voter that goes conservative to liberal sometimes. You know, as we saw, uh, you know, sometimes it splits and goes NDP if the progressives don't like what they see under the liberal banner. In terms of the conservatives and this... I'll call it progressive, for lack of a better word, a progressive bent to the conservative uh, agenda and platform. Do you see a split on the right with the rise of the People's Party? We talked about that uh, in Richmond Hill. Do you see that siphoning away a significant amount of votes for those conservative voters who say, this is not conservative enough for me? Well, this to me is the most interesting story about the conservative campaign this time, because obviously they have made the calculation that whatever votes on their right flank they're going to lose to the People's Party, they think will be more than compensated for by uh, centrists who feel they haven't had a party for a while. And I'm talking about center-right people, you know, the old-style progressive conservatives or red Tories. The red Tory, (laughs) the endangered species. they, They have felt homeless over the last many, many elections. So... I guess Mr. O'Toole's made the calculation that, yes, we'll definitely lose some votes on our right flank, but maybe we'll get red Tories. Maybe we'll get progressive conservatives. Maybe we'll get disaffected liberals who are really unhappy with the early election call and who don't feel that Justin Trudeau has kept enough of his promises over the last six years. And, you know, the, 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 the crazy thing is the polls have shown so far that the conservatives are basically in this election right where they were when Andrew Scheer led them, right? I mean, they're in the sort of low 30s. So it would suggest that the polls have not moved much at all over the last couple of years. But again, let's wait till election night and let's see for sure 
But uh, that, to me, is one of the most interesting stories to watch on election night, whether that calculation that the conservatives have made will pay off for them in the end. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, Steve. And, and I think the undecided out there is is big. The number of people that I've talked to who over the weekend said, yeah, I might go to advanced polling, but quite frankly, I don't know yet. I just Alan, don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll tell you what really, I don't know if it astonished me or more disappointed me, but when I was out sort of following candidates, uh, you know, on their canvas, on their daily door-to-door in uh, Aurora, Oak Ridge's Richmond Hill, I was surprised at the amount of disengagement. It's not that they're undecided. Hmm. It's that they're not paying attention. It's that they're not interested. And some of them may be disinterested because they think we don't need to be having an election right now. Some of them may be disinterested because they just don't like what's on offer. I think clearly there is a group of voters who are who are very engaged and who like the People's Party uh, because they feel that the other parties have nothing to say to them anymore. I was just, you know, you and I both spend an inordinate amount of our time trying to sort of understand and explain to Ontarians and Canadians what's going on and why it should be of interest to them. And it can be a little discouraging when you go to the door and you realize so many people don't even know there's an election going on right now. Or if they know, they're not, they don't know what any of the parties stand for, what issues. So, so much of this is going to be getting out the vote because what I saw when I was up there was, frankly, just a lot of disengagement. It's going to be fascinating as we get down to the wire. Steve Pakin, you can see, uh, you can read his uh, take on what's happening in Aurora, Oak Ridge's Richmond Hill at TVO.org. He's got a blog up there now. Steve, always great to talk to you. Be well. Thanks for the invitation and same to you.